Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back as we promised. It is Thursday. Lots of topics to cover. Sitting down in the shotgun seat is none other than Kyle Outridge, my co-host. Kyle, how is the day shaking out in Ontario? Well, my brother, the sun is shining, and uh, it's uh, offside hockey talk recording day, so you know it's a great day, and uh, excited to be uh, chatting with you. My friend, how are you? Uh, I know... Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but a big day for you. So, uh, how's, how are you doing? You know what? The uh, the nerves are a little bit there. I'm just waiting for tonight. Hi, as much as I want to do it, I want to get it over with, make sure I do it right. <laughs> so, I'm sitting in that boat where I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun, but I just want to get it done right now. I just want to be able to get on there and have a good showing and then... Uh, roll off and, and watch the rest of the coverage as it unfolds but we'll see shout out to the thunderbirds yet again for the uh, for the invite cannot wait to be a part of it but we have a bevy of hockey topics to get to and can we talk about the varlamov baseball slide after the ot win i love guys that show the emotion that get into it have fun and just enjoy the fact that they won a game that baseball slide dangerous or not was absolutely stellar what do you think my friend Oh my! I I had a couple good laughs watching that clip over. Uh, I mean, <laughs> definitely dangerous. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure a coach had probably pulled him aside. So let's not try that too much after after a game. But uh, you you can tell the emotion and uh, the excitement. And uh, hey man, why not have some fun with it? Uh, definitely, uh, definitely a great clip to watch and one we'll be we'll be seeing for a while for sure. Oh, when they start showing those best selly videos, that's definitely yeah, got to be know, in there. Yeah. The belly, the, the seal slide halfway across the rink. Just excited you won in overtime. Beauty. I don't want the Isles to win. Now, they can go back to losing tonight, but they that's Anytime. fun. They can have the fun with that one. But, Anytime. I agree. I'm not, uh, like we've said all along, I'm not, I'm not rooting for the Islanders, but uh, definitely some fun to watch. And, uh, you know, it's like, nice to see the boys having some fun. <laughs> well, speaking of having fun, the uh, Montreal Canadian fans right now seem to be having a lot of fun as the team acquires Joel Edmondson and then goes and signs him to a four-year $3.5 million per deal. And i got to say right now, the Montreal Canadiens on the back end are starting to build a little bit of a defense. you got Mr. Petrie, you got Weber, you got Joel Edmondson, and if they add a little bit of scoring up front, I'm saying watch out, boys and girls. The Montreal Canadiens are on a little bit of a wagon right now. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, we when when the Joel Edmondson trade uh, got announced, it was it was obviously you know he's a he's a pending UFA, so they had to get him signed you know before the deadline before he become before he could test free agency. And I mean, 
I, I wasn't too sure of how how excited Edmondson, Edmondson was to go to Montreal or what his what that whole scenario was like. So you never know if he's going to be you know willing to sign a deal. But um, you know, it came across a four year deal, and like you said, I mean. Uh, Montreal's clearly building right now, and they're doing one heck of a job. No matter if I'm a Leaf fan, and I hate to see it, and I'm going to have to play against them. Um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a, a, a rebuild that's going well, and they're, they're they're doing it the right way. Like you said, you got Weber, Petrie. Now you got Edmonton. You can add a, a couple younger guys in there, but you got that leadership. You got that uh, solid back end, that that physical force, and um, you know, definitely definitely some uh, interesting moves coming out of uh, the Canadians' camp and uh, something to watch for the offseason here. Yeah, and they still got a little bit of cap space to play with. So, like I said, yeah. adding some scoring. And you look at the Montreal Canadiens, and then you say, okay, with Carey Price and that defense, if Price is on, which, you know, as Eric Engels alluded to on the show earlier this year, you know, he's not off that often. So if he has his game yeah. going and the Montreal Canadiens can score – like I said, watch out, man. That team's going to be one to force to reckon with. And maybe if the Boston Bruins are the team dropping out of the Atlantic picture and they are the ones going in, that may uh, spell a Toronto-Montreal matchup in the old playoffs. But we're a little far away for that yet. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny you say that because, you know, I was sitting back and I was chatting with a couple of people the other day. and You can start to see that shift in the conference where, you know, the, the teams that, you know, they had their time, they're running gun, they, they, you know, the Bostons, and they, but now you see teams like, you know, like the Islanders and teams that are really starting to get put together. Montreal is going to be there, and you know they want to be there. They showcased it in the, in the, in the play-in tournament, you know. Um, definitely a team that, you know, they got some young talent on the way up. Um, they're making moves, and, you know, they're definitely, they're definitely there. I mean, like you said, you got to carry price. Uh, you know, he, he, can, he can steal you a game anytime. So if you solidify that blue line, you get a couple guys that can score some goals. Next thing you know, you got a you got a hot team. So um, definitely a shift in in the conferences and the divisions and uh, the powerhouse teams. I think we're going to really see a shift in the next two years. But uh, definitely, definitely a lot of excitement to be watching for the next little bit. Now we go from excitement on a team making deals to a team that is making deals because they want to get younger. <laughs> but what are you doing? You look at the Minnesota Wild, and I say, what are they doing? You got Bukestad, <laughs> then you ship out. Mr. Stahl to Buffalo for Johansson. I mean, the Jonas Brodine extension, we'll look at that for a second. Seven-year deal, $6 million average. Um, and it does that mean that Dumba's going out the door? You listen to Billy Guerin. Um, he's saying, no, they love Dumba. They don't want to see him go. Um, you know, But if they were able to get a number one center, maybe they would move him. Um, it sounds a lot like when P.K. Subban was getting traded out of Montreal. A lot of, um, you know, we don't want to move them, but, you know, we're not going to tell them definitively you're not getting moved. Um, you know, so I think Dumbo will be playing for a different team next season. Um, I do think the ask is pretty high, though. I think it would be Dumbo plus to get a number one center back in, in mini, especially now that you've traded Eric Stahl away. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm wondering, both players had 10-team no moves, yeah. so they couldn't go to those teams. Obviously, they went to the teams that they did, I'm wondering for Eric Stahl if he even plays, if he even suits up for the Buffalo Sabres at all. Um, you know, there was talk that at one point in time, before he signed that extension with Mini a few years ago or a couple years ago, that it was either Mini or he was done. And then it was, uh, I think at the trade deadline, was if they trade me, I just retire. You know, I don't want to. And that was a grumbling. So I'm wondering now what happens because both players were apparently caught off guard by the deal. So you look at that deal and I ask you, Kyle, what is Mini doing other than getting young, I mean, you look at Eric Stahl, he's 35. Marcus Johansson is going to be 30. 
uh, when the puck drops for the next season. So you're, you're gaining five years, I guess. But what are you doing to this team? Well, like you said, this, uh, it's one of those, you know, you look at it and you just go, what are you doing? And it's, uh, I mean, I, I get it, you know, the guys get older, you got to start making moves, you got you to gotta bring in, but I mean, you're, you're moving one guy to make a bigger hole and, and it's just, it seems like you're, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, um, when you, when you talk about, talk about the wild, it's just, it's one of those things, it's a head scratcher, just like kind of the same thing we do with Ottawa, you know, you sit here and you look, you go, what are you doing? Like, what, what is going on here? Like, why, like, even in Arizona, same thing, like, you know, things are just, it's, it just, it seems no matter what move they make, it just makes things worse, and it, it just leaves a, a bigger issue and a bigger hole. Um, definitely, uh, was shocked to see Stahl move to, to the Sabres, uh, I definitely, uh, I, 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 as far as seeing him play, I, I think it could be possible. I mean, I know they're they're really starving for something in Buffalo right now, and I mean they really got to get something going. Um, I mean, if if bringing in a guy like Stahl, you know, frees up a little bit of uh, you know time and space for 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 for, for a complimenting player, then I mean by all means, I know like you know they want to get Eichel going. Um, they got some talent. They got some young guys. So I mean, it's it, it's it'll be it'll be tough to to see how it shakes out. But I, I do see we I think we see Stall play uh, in the blue and yellow for the Sabers. Um, what that is a limited role, veteran role, just coming in to uh, you know lead, <laughs> lead the locker room or whatever that is. Um, definitely, I think we will see him play. But uh, it's a head scratcher, man. I, I'm sitting here. I've I've been looking at the trades the last little bit, and. Uh, it just it, it, the deals and and what they're doing and the talk coming out of their camp. I mean, their Twitter is just fire right now. So it's it's just been utter chaos coming out of there. But uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I, I guess we'll see when the season comes what they look like. But uh, I would definitely side with you there, James, in saying that uh, they're definitely uh, they're definitely looking to go younger. So. Well, the other thing is too. You have to look at this, okay? Next season, so not the one that's coming up, but. The tail, well, yeah, yeah, it is the tail end of this season coming up. You have the Seattle expansion draft. So teams, Neo, I seen this come across the wire last night. Most likely don't want to protect four D men. So you go into and you look at um, the Minnesota Wild. Who do you have that you have to protect? You have to protect Ryan Sutter, no move. You have to protect Jared Spurgeon, no move. And you just re-signed Jonas Brodeen. So who does that leave as the odd man out? It, the writing to me is on the wall for Matt Dumba. He's either going to be a traded candidate or a trade deadline candidate because they can't keep him because they would expose him and lose him for nothing, which they don't want to do. Um, so you're going to see a lot of this, I think, from teams, a lot of jockeying and trying to figure out what they want to have in their roster and who they're going to leave you know, unprotected to go out the door. And I think Matt Dumba is, unfortunately, the uh, the first of these casualties to be moved on. Yeah, and I, I just, like I said, it's some, like you gotta, you, you've got to plan for the future, especially with the expansion job. I mean, we've seen Vegas come in and, and fleece teams, and um, I mean... You know, they obviously they're they're still benefiting from it today, clearly, and uh, you you see what they've been able to build there in a very very short amount of time. And um, you'd be dumb and a fool if you didn't believe Seattle's reached out to them. And you know, what's the blueprint? What can we do? Um, definitely, teams are not going to be um, as blind and, and as lenient to give up things just thinking they're giving up that space and whatever the whatever their case may be. You're going to see a lot of teams really paying attention to it and. Uh, Really, really wanting to protect certain guys, and like you said, I don't. You don't see a lot of teams trying to, to trying to save a whole a whole blue line or a core of a blue line. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna pick your best couple, but you're really gonna want to 
you know, keep those uh, offensive powerhouses and, and, and top goal senders. So it, it, it's definitely, it'll definitely be a lot of teams moving players just to, you know, like you said, make room to protect certain players they want to keep or whatever that case may be or just not get hit with um, with having to lose players. So uh, definitely I can say, like I just said before, there's going to be a lot of movement in the next little bit, like you alluded to, in the next, you know, year year and a bit here. You're going to see a lot of teams on the, on the move trying to get things done before uh, – Seattle comes in and cleans house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, speaking of cleaning house, uh, the GM, Jim Benning, of the Vancouver Canucks was on the radio the other day, and um, he was talking about Jake Vertanen being on a pretty short leash, and he blatantly came out and said, like bluntly said, that Jake Vertanen, they expected more out of him, and you know they put a lot of time and resources and development in him, and they didn't get what they wanted out of him in the playoffs. And, I mean, that can be a, a thing that lights a fire under a guy's ass, or it could be a thing that really drives a wedge between the team and the player. I'm going to ask you straight out for Jake Vertanen. Do you think that the writing's on the wall for him now to be on his way out of Vancouver, or do you think that sparks that fire under him to bring it for the next season? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, like you, it's, you're you're dead on there. I mean, you're either the, the player's either going to, He's going to respond with with you know determination and wanting to prove people wrong, or he's gonna he's gonna let it get between his ears, and it's gonna it's just gonna take off and and you know uh, ruin his career in a sense. So I believe I mean let's let's see. Jake Vertanen. I mean he's he's a player. He's been he's he's a he's a guy. He's come into the league. He's played he's played hard. He's done good things. Um, he's been a player that you know they they wanted to rely on. Has he shaken out? No, but I mean. Um, this goes back to what we were talking about with Jen on, on the round table and, you know, players that in certain markets, it just, it doesn't work. And for whatever reason that is, you never know. I mean, uh, we, we looked at it in Toronto, Luke Shen, you know, he was a guy, I loved Luke Shen when he was a leap and, and the promise he had, and it just didn't work out for him. It just couldn't, you know, it was just Toronto just ate him up and, uh, you know, you see him now, he's out there playing and he's had a, a, a pretty lengthy career now and he's doing he's you know he's doing his job quietly I think I think Jake I think he's gonna bounce back I do is he done in Vancouver I, I don't know I mean I think they're gonna really try and you know hope for the best see what he does in camp but uh you definitely believe he's on a very very short le- leash and uh things don't go well coming out of camp I could see him being uh, one of the first players on the move so uh, it'll definitely be interesting but you're 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 bang on with uh he's either got to bounce back with fire or it's gonna eat him up yeah, it's 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 a situation where you need to, especially with the players they have on that team. You look at Quinn Hughes and you look at the uh, Elias Pettersons and the Brock Bessers. You want to make sure that you're on the up and up and getting ready to play for this team because you don't want to be leaving this team as they're on the upswing and those guys get into their prime and you know set the world ablaze with their skill. You want to be a part of that, so you want to make sure that fire burns underneath you and doesn't burn you out the door. So we'll see what happens with Jake Vertanen, but uh, another player that. Uh, Made a little bit of noise, I guess, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We talked about it the other day. Changed his avatar back to a Leaf thing. And now will no longer be a Toronto Maple Leaf. As Kyle Clifford has officially said, he's going to be leaving and testing the free agent waters, which completes the deal with the LA Kings. We send them a third, not a second. Which I think at the end of the day, with the cap hip that Clifford probably wanted, and coupling the fact that you need to pay a second rounder just to sign that cap hit, I think it was too rich for the Toronto Maple Leafs, unfortunately. I think they wanted to bring him back, but they didn't want to drop that pick. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, and this was something I also, you know, alluded to back on the, the last episode when we when we spoke on the round table, and it's, 
you know, what's the value on your return? Like, you know, what are you, what are you paying and what are you getting in return? You know, so at the end of the day, I mean, Clifford, a great guy to have on your team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a character guy, a guy that's going to go to battle for you every time out. Um, but I mean, for where we are as, as Leaf fans and, and Leafs as a team, you, we need more than that right now. We need, um, we need somebody that can contribute. We need somebody that's going to, you know, solidify a, a hole in our, in our, in our defense or, you know, uh, a, an upgrade on offense if we can, whatever that case may be. But to, uh, to give up a, a high pick or anything like that for, for what Clifford's truly going to bring you in the long run, it, it's definitely not in the, uh, the Maple Leafs framework right now. So, um, sad to see him go. I mean, I wish him all the best in free agency. I'm sure a team's going to love to have him, but, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not surprised Toronto's uh, not going to be uh, chasing him down. Yeah, it is a little sad to see, but Cliffy, if you're listening, to my friend, thank you for what you brought to Toronto Maple Leafs. You brought us some good yeah. memories, and obviously, we we know the blueprint of what we need to get. And as a guy like you, unfortunately, the cost was just too high. But I talked about this the other day. We're going to switch gears just for a little bit. We'll get back to the Maple Leafs towards the tail end here. Um, the Arizona Coyotes. We're going out to get a GM, and I said it when they were looking at Perry McGuire. I told you in Genesis, it's going to be somebody cheap, and it's going to be somebody that's not going to cost them a lot of money, and they look to be set to name Bill Armstrong, who was the assistant GM of the Blues and the director of amateur scouting, as their new GM for just a little over a million dollars per year for five years. Um, I told you guys it would take somebody cheap to get the job. It looks like he's going to be the one to get it, and further to that, the reports have already been circulated that anyone over 25 years of age of the Arizona Coyotes is on the block and is open to be traded, which this means it seems there's an internal cap crunch and in the desert, it seems like they want to be able to maximize their drafting and draft picks more than ever before if you're starting to trade those veterans and players like that away. So you get this guy in who was the director of your amateur scouting for the St. Louis Blues, a team that has done well you now get this guy in there and say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what we need to do. Um, do you think that bodes well for the Arizona Coyotes? Because, I mean, you look at guys that are over that age and you start looking at Kessel and Kempfear and different guys like that. So all those players are now on the block OEL, you know. So what does that mean for the fans of the Arizona Coyotes? It looks like this team is about to get stripped down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it like this, buckle up. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I can think of it like this. You know, when Toronto was going through those few years um, where it was just nasty, I mean, uh, there's, there was a couple years there where I watched very, very few hockey games uh, if the Leafs were playing because it just made you frustrating, uh, frustrated and, and, and angry. Um, I, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. In the, in the long run, it's, it'll you know, it'll work itself out going young as long as you have the right scouts and uh, getting the right kind of people and, you know what I mean, uh, you get the right players in there, your, your team will, will, will turn around and you'll have some assets down the road. But like you said, um, for them right now, I mean, you got a guy like Taylor, Taylor Hall sitting there and, you know, he's, he's looking to figure out what he's going to do. And, you know, you're not really doing yourself any favors when you're basically saying we're stripping this team down of any veteran uh, leadership or anything like that. And, you know, we're going to just basically go young and hope for the best. I mean, um, you're definitely going to have some struggles. Uh, we've seen it with the Leafs. You know, I mean, uh, it's not easy. I mean, it's a it's a great concept. Yeah, you go young, go fast, go more skill, whatever that case may be. Um, but at, at the end of the day, there's work to be done, and it's a long road. And 
You know, we had the uh, we had the the, the luxury of having a, a pretty decent staff to get us through that at that time, and you know they uh, they might you know they might have helped accelerate that, but uh, unfortunately for any Yotes fans that are listening, you don't have that staff and that backup right now, and you don't have the bank account that that MLSE is what was running with, right? So. It's going to be tough for Arizona, man. I mean, uh, glad they got a GM that at a, at a like you said, at a, at a cheaper rate. Uh, definitely something they were looking for. Um, hopefully, he can you know get something going for them there. But uh, uh, if I'm a, if I'm a Coyotes fan, I'm I'm definitely worried right now, and I'm not looking forward to some hockey in the next year or two. Like I said, uh, look look for the uh, the. Quebec Coyotes in the next few years. I, I feel it. I feel it. I don't know why. I think the NHL is finally going to start to wash their hands of this and say, okay, we got to figure this out. But you look forward and you look forward to good news. And we'll move on to some good news here. Um, we all heard what happened with the Dallas Stars and Jim Montgomery obviously having to leave the team uh, due to circumstances, you know, that were around his his mental health and obviously with addiction and, and everything like that. It wasn't alluded to too much, but obviously there was rehab that was mentioned by Elliot Freeman. And now Jim Montgomery is back uh, in the NHL, going to be an assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues. I'm very happy. Uh, you know, this could have been a stick tap on the other day, but it just got announced. Uh, you're, you're happy to see a guy bounce back. You're happy to see him land on his feet in the NHL and get back to what he loves doing. And I'm very happy to see him on the road to to recovery and being around so many positive people. And you look at Bobby Ryan with the same thing. You know, basically, you beat your demons and then you end up being back in and trying to, um, I guess, be a voice, be a light, show people that, hey, there is a way to get around this. There is a way to to face them and work through it. And, and constantly, every day, you have to, but you can get back to where you were if you want to work hard and just make sure you put the right mindset forward every day. Yeah, and I mean, like, like you said, uh, amazing to see him back. I'm glad he's back. Um, I mean, like we've said before, you know, people are human and we all make mistakes. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, being a, an NHL coach is uh, – it's it's a uh, it's a difficult task. Let's not let's not sit here and say it doesn't take a it doesn't put a lot of stress on you on your life on family on whatever the case may be. So um, I mean we see it with the best of people. You know they find hard times and um, I'm glad to see that you know he he took the you know took the sign and went and got some uh, got some help for himself and got got himself right and where he wants to be again. And uh, it's great to see him get rewarded. And I mean. Heck, I mean, how, what a better place to land in, uh, in St. Louis right now. I mean, he signs a two-year deal. He'll be there for a couple of years. He's got some uh, stability. And, um, I mean, the Blues are a team that, that are hot. And, I mean, they, they got some they got some talent there. So he's going to definitely have some fun. And uh, it's just like you said, it's it's definitely nice. A uh, feel-good story, a rebound story, um, you know, a comeback story. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a comeback story. So, um, you know, to see him back in the league, uh, congrats to, uh, you know, Jim and, you know, all the best to his family, and uh, I look forward to seeing him being successful as uh, years go down. Definitely, 100%. Couldn't say it better myself. Uh, another little bit of tidbit, the uh, IIHF for the World Junior Hockey Championship yeah. will be using Edmonton's bubble as their way of getting the World Junior Hockey Championship done. I love the World Junior Hockey Championship. I was a little wondering if it was going to happen this year. Uh, it's a showcase for a lot of players. Sometimes it uh, allows players to maybe not put the best show forward, but you know, gets them on that world stage, another sense of pressure. Um, what are your thoughts, Kyle? Do you think that the IIHF made the right call here, going ahead with the oh, tournament yeah. and then using Edmonton as that bubble? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, 100%. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I wasn't sure where they were going to put. I mean, you know, I figured it would be, you know, it'd be somewhere where they've already, you know, had it, had it tested and tried. So, you know, Toronto, Edmonton. I mean, but Edmonton, Edmonton's a perfect place for it. I mean, they got all the space they need out there, um, the facilities. I mean, for these, for these kids coming in to play the World Juniors, I mean. For them, pretty much it all stays the same. They all usually stay around the same areas, same hotels. You know what I mean. Um, the tournaments usually within, you know, a little, a little bit of each other. So um, I mean, not much of a change for them, but uh, great on the double IHF and uh, getting this job done and getting this all settled and out of the way. And um, I mean, kudos to the NHL for setting the precedent and setting setting the direction and and how it can be done and how it can be done successfully and and keep everybody safe and. I mean, uh, it's a it's a great blueprint to follow, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. My my Christmas tradition carries on, and I'm I would I wouldn't know what to do from Boxing Day on to New Year's, where if I you know past New Year's, if I didn't have my uh, World Juniors to watch. So um, it's awesome. I look forward to seeing it. I hear they might still be back. I guess maybe in Alberta again next time. I'm not sure how that's all going to shake out or what they're going to do with that, but uh, definitely uh, excited to see some uh, World Juniors hockey, and uh, look forward to seeing how the bubble goes. I'm looking forward to see how the bubble goes. I think it's the right decision to have it done. But the other question that raises in my mind, if you're doing this in Edmonton, Edmonton's the bubble um, that mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers will also be using uh, when they're playing for the NHL. Does this just uh, tip the hand for the NHL that we will not be starting December 1, uh, that we may not even be starting January 1? Or does this just mean that the Edmonton Oilers will start on the road somewhere? I think this is pretty indicative of the fact that we won't be starting until 2021. Really, I mean, see, that's where I did. I think they'll just put Edmonton on the road. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't see the NHL slowing down or trying to slow the season down anymore. Because I mean, let's let's get real. These guys, they they want to keep them, they want to keep it going. They they got all the all the uh, momentum right now, so they don't want to slow down and they don't want to you know have have time for certain things to to cause cause havoc on possible next season. Um, I think we see Edmonton, you know, have to make some accommodations to to maybe get it done. But um, I don't think I don't think it delays the NHL's plans. I think uh, the NHL has been pretty pretty quote unquote uh, dead set on what they want to do. And uh, I think uh, I think especially you know with the draft all set and everything like that. I think it's uh, you know it's it's especially with you know the uh, the junior leagues and everything too, right? You got to think of that, and that's one thing um, you know the OHL, the QMJHL, all those leagues, um, they all kind of run concurrent and all things got to kind of line up, right? So um, I think it's, I think the, I think the NHL goes on. I don't think this slows them down. I, I definitely think, the, but we will see Edmonton playing some road games or uh, having to shift their, their site for a couple of years. All right. Well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll come up with a fun bet because I'm betting the fact oh, that they do right. not start in the beginning of December. I'm betting Let's the fact that they start in 2021. So we'll come up with something. We'll come back at Twitter and Roundtable. Let's do it. I will say whatever people decide, whatever the people vote That's will it. be done. And, uh, I'm, I'm Gabe. I'm down to wear a tutu and dance down the, uh, the mainstream. <laughs> hey, whatever we got to do, that would be a good prediction season video, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing I want to move on to right quick here is, um, again, Boudreaux's name is surfacing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I'm going to go with what I said already. We'll quickly touch on this right quick because people are clamoring for it. I say too many cooks in the kitchen. A guy just removed from head coach position. 
Obviously would love to cut his teeth and be back as a head coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want Sheldon Keefe to be able to go into this season full security knowing that this is his job, his show. Same with Kyle Dubas. For once, there's no Babcock over your shoulder. There's no Lou Lamorello, Mark Hunter. All of those people are no longer over your shoulder. Let these guys have their year. I do not want Bruce Boudreaux in here. I know he's a veteran coach, but as a veteran coach, he would want to be a head coach. And I do not see that boding well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Too many voices, too many cooks. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like I like you said. I would Boudreaux. He's a he's a great coach. Uh, I mean, he's he's proven he can do it. Um, he's proven he can win. Um, clearly, he's got a great system and he gets guys to buy in. Um, but like you said. Uh, it's it's Sheldon Keefe's team now. It's Kyle Dubas' team now, and I think backtracking and trying to have even if you bring Boudreaux in as a, as an assistant coach or uh, you know whatever that case, it's that that father looking over your shoulder type feel. You know, well we're gonna bring him in. Um, he can give you guidance. Well, you know Kyle Dubas has got a team. He's got he's got his connections and he's got Shanny and all those guys. I mean they have the the resources to go out and speak to whoever they need to speak to and get the the advice they need to get. Um, so to bring him on, put him on the bench, and you know, kind of you know, tell you know, show that he it's still at the back of the in the back of your mind. You know, is he going to be the guy that takes my job if things don't go right? You know, um, they have him here just in case, right? So it always plays on your mind. So I mean, you know, like you said, Boudreaux, he deserves to be a head coach somewhere. I mean, he's been in the league way too long. Uh, I mean, he's proven he can win over and over again. So I, I definitely think he he's looking. And I I think I think uh, I think it was also reported that he said Goudreau said personally into a report that the Leafs haven't even reached out to him. So um, I mean, for those for those people bumping that rumor, I mean, I'm sure it would be a great thought. But if you really put some thought into it and where the direction of this team is going, um, that would be kind of putting one step backwards. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I really don't want to see Goudreau behind the Leafs bench. Um, you know, I think it would just uh, it would definitely cause cause some some friction within the uh, the staff. No, I definitely think it would. And now, the question that I've been seeing floated around uh, here: you go from Boudreaux and you talk about the Maple Leafs, is they're looking at obviously adding a defenseman. Everybody wants Petro. Everybody wants Dumba. And then I'm starting to see, well, if they add either of those players, they have to trade Morgan Riley. And I say this, and I'll say it clearly, Morgan Riley does not leave the Toronto Maple Leafs unless he asks to leave the Leafs. Because I do not see them moving him. He is the focal point of their decor right now. Um, there's a reason why you have Riley and Muzzin. Riley does things that Muzzin can't. Muzzin does things that Riley can't. Those two are your anchors right now. So to say that you're going to add to your D Corps but then subtract from it makes absolutely no sense. So to me, I don't know about you, Kyle, but if you're adding a Dumbo or a Petrangelo or whatever, you're not subtracting a Morgan Riley to do so. No. Um, let's get real here. Mojo, uh, the, the, the kid, he's, what, he's got, what has he got left? He's got two years left on his deal, I believe, and he's making $5 million a season. And, I mean, what value you're getting out of that? For, for for a player like Mojo Morgan Riley, like let's not be let's not be kidding ourselves. What he's going to cost us in uh, you know a couple of years down the road to keep uh, a top rated D man like him and what he can uh, what he can give you uh, when he's on. I mean, playing the top minutes, playing the toughest people, um, and in the game. I mean, scoring goals, getting it done, uh, and just so much fun to watch and uh, a true uh, a true core core piece of this team. So. I definitely do not see Riley going anywhere, no matter who you bring in or what you're doing. Um, I mean, 
to bring in a dumb, uh, what, what, like, and get rid of O'Reilly, what are you doing? You're not really upgrading, you're not really doing anything, you're just kind of switching out players, and at the end of the day, you're really not getting anywhere. So, um, definitely, Riley is not the guy you're going to see moved. I don't see him being moved anytime. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised if he's uh, one of the uh, one of the first uh, people that get a, a contract extension here in the next year or so. So I, I definitely say Mojo is staying. He ain't going nowhere, and uh, I'll be damned if I see him leaving the blue and white. And another name that I keep floating out there for the Toronto Maple Leafs is with the 15th overall pick. I keep saying I want Justin Barron from the Halifax Mooseheads, mm-hmm. a very good right-hand defenseman. Uh, obviously will blossom into a good player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, hey, I guess people are listening because Justin Barron did show up on the TSN Should They Poll, and they had him, uh, Schneider, and another defenseman on there. So, obviously, I'm willing it into existence, Kyle. I want the Justin Barron thing to happen. So the Toronto Maple Leafs should select him, bring him on board, keep that 15th overall pick, and make the right selection with a nice right-hand D from right here out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hey, man, I mean, it's not a bad pick, and you're not wrong. I mean, uh, what a great kid, and uh, he's, got, he's definitely got some upside to him. And, uh, I mean, the 15th overall pick, uh, you're looking to get somebody that you can probably utilize in the next year or two um, after a couple seasoning, uh, seasoning years down in the, in the minors or wherever. But, uh, I mean, he, he's got the skill set. He's, he, can, he can get the job done. I mean, he's, uh, like you said, he's, uh, he's, played in, he's, he's played in Halifax. He's a, he's a hometown kid. So, I mean, what, what a pick and that would be. And I'm, I'm sure he'd be elated to be uh, you know, brought into the Maple Leafs and uh, be able to stay north of the border. Yeah, I'd really like to see it happen, but you never know. Well, Kyle, it comes time in every episode where we have to do the fun old yes or no. So I have a few for today. So let's see what happens. Kyle, Phil Kessel, does he stay in Arizona? Yes or no? No. All right, all right, all right. I want to say Matt Dumba, does he stay with the Minnesota Wild? Yes or no? No. All right. And the last one here for player-wise, do the Leafs take Justin Barron with their 15th overall pick? Yes, all day. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one, yes or no, do I survive tonight's live thing with the Thunderbirds? Yes, sir. You're going to kill it. And uh, to all our listeners, if you're if you're out there, tune in, find the replay, whatever it is. Uh, James, congrats, man. And uh, you're going to kill it. So you, you're going to do great. Well, I cannot wait, sir. Thank you very much for another good episode of Offside. We've covered all the bases today throughout the NHL. Had some fun with it. We'll talk to you soon because this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. <laughs>